Welcome to episode 192 of The Digital Life, a show about our insights into the future of design and technology. I'm your host, John Follett, and with me is founder and co-host, Dirk Niemeyer. Greetings, listeners. On this episode of the show, we're going to discuss the high-powered partnership on artificial intelligence to benefit people and society. That's a mouthful. Indeed. So this initiative uh, includes founding members like Amazon, Facebook, Google, IBM, Microsoft, and the just recently added uh, Apple. And so the mission of this group, uh, this, this AI partnership, is to educate the public uh, in regards to what artificial intelligence is and presumably its its benefits, uh, to conduct research and study AI's potential impact on the world going forward, as well as to develop standards and ethics around AI implementation. Um, interestingly, the group also includes some organizations that you may or may not associate with uh, uh, with high tech, uh, more in the economics category or civil rights uh, research groups. Uh, these were just added recently, but they include uh, the American Civil Liberties Union, the ACLU, uh, the MacArthur Foundation, um, Arizona State University, uh, University of California, Berkeley, and then uh, uh, some other uh, associations uh, for researching artificial intelligence, including OpenAI and the Association for the Advancement of Artificial Intelligence. So now this, this partnership, this is the biggest, the best, the brightest uh, uh, organization considering how AI is going to uh, shape our future, which says to me that there is a lot of money coming in AI if you've got uh, all of these new economy superstars on board. Um, and the big question, I think, partly, you know, for for this show, for us to consider is, you know, the promise of AI, you can sort of build so many great new things. Are we just going to keep repeating the mistakes that we uh, have made in the past? Um or are we going to use AI as leverage to help solve some of the problems that, you know, that we've created with, with technology and with society and, and with all those things? I mean, some, some of the biggest, um, you know, some of the biggest issues we've, of course, you know, talked about some of these at length from, you know, education to poverty to uh, health care to global warming. All of these things you could see AI getting involved in. And, and I think... Part of the question for this group, uh, the partnership on AI, and for us as a society, as we start talking about this for real now, um, you know, how are how are we going to leverage this? Uh, um, you know, these possibilities. How how are we going to move forward? I, I admire this group for getting together. Their first board meetings in a few days on February third, where they'll start laying out their. Uh, Oh, I don't know. Their first hundred days, maybe, <laughs> what they're going to do. Um, but nonetheless, you know, I, I'm glad they've gotten together, and and now we've got a spark of a conversation happening. What what are your thoughts on this, Dirk? 
Well, I mean, I'm skeptical that they'll be talking about the right things. Um, you know, sort of underpinning our, our current reality is is the fact that the individual liberties that the West has been built upon and has developed over the last hundreds of years, um, individual liberties being sort of the absolute good and right, um, I, I don't think it is anymore. But that's not being questioned. And to solve how... AI interacts with the world, we need a framing that is coming from that perspective. And what I mean by it is, you know, sort of the, the libertarian view, which is the most, um, uh, you know, sort of the purest expression of, of individual liberties is saying, look, you know, if you're not hurting other people, do whatever you want, right? Bottom line, you're in control. The government, um, you know, the government shouldn't tell you who you can and can't marry. And the government shouldn't tell you who um, that you have to serve everyone. You should be able to serve whoever you want, right? That's the that's sort of the pure libertarianism, and is again sort of the purest expression of of a socially liberal um, approach. The problem with that is we live in a world where we're raising the temperature of the planet, where even conservative scientific estimates have the said raising of the temperature of planet displacing hundreds of millions of people over time. Um, and even in the shorter term, a, a lot of people, primarily poor people, primarily people in, in countries that we don't think about here a lot in the United States, such as in Southeast Asia, um, a lot of people are going to have uh, nowhere, nowhere to live, nowhere to go as, as the ocean gets higher. And so why I think that this is, is relevant is, you know, now if, if I'm flying from New York to Los Angeles, I am demonstrably increasing that eventuality in, in exercising my individual liberty to spend my money and fly across the country. I'm a contributor to the future displacement and ruin of people who are nowhere I can see them, but they will be impacted by that. If I'm, you know, if I own a big property and I want to go out and burn some tires, you know, I, I should be able to do that, right? But if I'm doing that, it is going to hurt people that I can't see and I don't care about. Um, I personally care, but a lot of people don't care that, that are just outside their field of vision. And so uh, this, this is relevant because in the way we frame the intersection of artificial intelligence and human reality, we need to shift our, our perspective from the now outdated one of individual liberty as the highest good to one of systemic liberty as the highest good. And I don't hear people talking about that. I don't hear that on the agenda. I don't see that kind of shift happening, whether it's on the conservative side or the liberal side. Everybody is expressing individual liberties just in very different philosophical ways. But we're now a, a world where you know the, the the sort of butterfly effect of one little thing happening in the United States can have catastrophic effects to people literally uh, you know on the other side of the world. Um, that needs to be the kind of framing as we tackle these problems. And I'm really skeptical that the capitalist greedy organizations of Apple, Google, at all are are going to to frame that way. They're coming at it as businesses. Business is looking to make profits, and that, perhaps tempered by some humanistic altruism, but 
driven by profits first and foremost is is the order of the day. And so, you know, to some degree, I'm glad it's happening, but I think um, it's very likely their eye is going to be on the wrong ball and they're going to put agendas in place that are, you know, 20th century agendas and not future looking agendas. Um, so I'm, I'm skeptical, John. So from, from your perspective, Dirk, um, AI at, at this juncture is um, going to perpetuate the, the biases that, that already exist just by the nature of the system that it's being injected into. By the nature of the framing of the people in charge for the ecosystem that they envision and how the AI is a participant in that ecosystem. My contention is that their framing for the ecosystem is completely flawed. Yeah, that's interesting. The, the, um, I, I would think that the, you know, just the, the simple structure of, as you pointed out, all these companies coming together that are driven by, you know, uh, wanting to increase shareholder value, wanting to, um, uh, you know, make a good living, wanting to uh, return profits into a bank account. I mean, structurally, that that ultimately means that that's going to dr- drive decision making in a certain way. Yes. Now, if you look at the other institutions who who are a part of this equation, um, whether it's the ACLU or the MacArthur Foundation or uh, some of the universities involved. Their, their perspective is certainly um, different from, from, the, uh, uh, from the company's perspective, and I would think that there would be some balance achieved there. The question, of course, becomes... I'm not sure about balance. I think there's, there might be other voices there, but even at the level of universities, I mean, universities over the last... God, what would the time horizon be now? You know, 20 to 30 years have been intentionally shifting away from the the more traditional, high-minded academic approaches to businesses. And how do, we, how do we more train people for jobs? How do we better monetize the market? I mean, that's been a very big shift in, in academia over the last generation plus. So, you know, it depends who you have in the room at that point. If you have the right people in the room, then maybe they're providing some kind of counterbalance. But I mean, don't kid yourself. It's the it's the, these gigantic monoliths of companies that are going to be steering these conversations because they're, they're the ones that control the technology and they're the ones that are going to be executing at the end of the day. I mean, the, the ACLU's participation, some of these other organizations, um, you know, cynically, I think it's, it's going to be hand-waving. It's going to be incremental impact. Um, but I want to be clear. Um, so, yes, I'm, I'm skeptical about the bus being driven by the greedy corporations. But the point I'm really making is whether it be the ACLU, whether it be the greedy corporations, whether it be universities with, with you know, questionable priorities around profits versus altruism, uh, my concern is that all of them are looking at a, a 20th century, sort of an old Enlightenment era um, framework of individual liberty as the highest good when we are now in an era where we need to be looking at the, the, the system liberty as the highest good, and we ain't doing it. And to me, that's the, the biggest fail, um, unless they totally surprise me, but I'd be shocked. So, so what, are the, um, what are the elements that, 
that would be required within um, you know this partnership on AI to uh, tip tip the balance more towards a, a kind of systemic evaluation that you're you're talking about who are the people or the organizations or the you know how would that look I suspect that the focus is going to be on on humanity right and so what what is a human I think they're gonna ask questions you know what what defines a human what's the role that AI should have in the context of humanity um, are can AI evolve to be humans are is there a synthesis of humans and machines and some like I, I think that's sort of the I think I think that's sort of the crucible upon which a lot of this is going to be looked at, where I think those are really second-order issues right now. I think the bigger issue is the fact that what is being done by me here in the Boston, Massachusetts area in terms of living my life normally in the system as it's designed is contributing to the fact that decades from now, people are going to be... Um, displaced and in some in some cases people will just die because of the these effects of, of global warming in particular. And so what what the focus should be on is first how do we reframe what um, society, government and civilization look like in the context of a world where the actions of a first world actor in this country directly impact in negative ways people in other places, and how is AI, which it can be, crucially, how is AI a catalyst to managing the, the behavior, managing the, the manifestation of the system here in the first world to minimize the damage done later in people in other places? It's looking at the problem from AI as a tool to radically improve serious, horrible um, risks and threats we have to the future of our planet and, and the, the living spaces that we currently have on it, as opposed to a lot of hand-waving about, um, you know, what is a human and how, you know, how does AI interact with it, what are the definitions therein, and how do we design AI so that they're, they're preserving the, you know, preserving humanity, preserving the space and, and, and rights of humanity. Like, to me, that's second order. It matters. But the big problem is we're completely ignoring the fact that we need to focus on liberty as a system at the macro, not liberty as an individual at the micro. Yeah, I think that will be a, uh, a topic that would definitely raise some hackles for the, um, you know, sort of the individual driven society that we are, at least in, you know, at least in the United States, it's, it's uh, mostly about, you know, individual achievement, uh, individual prosperity, individual um, uh, uh, outcomes, right? So uh, the collective viewpoints are certainly part of other societies in a more substantial way. Uh, other cultures have have more group oriented uh, philosophies. Still not adequately so, though. I mean, it still is for the most part built on the back of nationalism, and built on the back of what what now should be considered really outdated ways of looking at the world. I mean, we're now part of a 
human community as opposed to a, a community of, of nations, if only by virtue of the ways in which technology here with me in the micro impact people everywhere in the macro. Yeah, the, uh, whether you're talking about the global supply chain or just the, uh, just the sheer amount of connections that we have uh, as a result of, you know, our, our consumption, our communication, and just the, the tremendous number of people involved, right, and growing every day, uh, there isn't, uh, uh, there, there are fewer boundaries and barriers. Uh, although, um, you know, as as the U.S., we're trying our darndest to to remove ourselves from from that, uh, given our our current political climate. But um, it's it's going to be very very interesting to see what comes out of this uh, partnership on AI group uh, and and see where they take it. So I'm sure we'll be paying attention to that. You know, and John, the irony of sort of the 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 extreme focus on individual liberties that we live within. I mean, again, that can be traced back to the Enlightenment, but those things were not, those things did not come as ends to themselves. Those were ends designed to fix the problem of the oppression of the many by the few. It was, it was focusing on issues of individual liberty to elevate the individual, not just as one person, but to elevate the individual as a group, as a mass, right? They didn't, um, you know, let's, let's focus really narrowly on the, the American, the United States founding fathers, because those are the folks that the conservatives in particular like to point at and say we're the real wise guys, um, not in a mafioso kind of way. Um, uh, you know, th th they got there because they were trying to create something that was more utopian, something that was, was better for all. And I believe that if they live today and were looking at the world and trying to frame what would be the right generation, what would be the right government, what would be the right structure for the future, it would not be the extreme focus on individual liberties that they came to in the mid-18th century. It would be something that was much more holistic, much broader thinking, um, and really something for the 21st century. And these companies, Apple, Google, Facebook, whatever they are, they're rooted still in the 20th century from everything that I've seen. I'd love to see some 21st century leadership out of these folks. I've just seen nothing that suggests we'll actually see it. Listeners, remember that while you're listening to the show, you can follow along with the things that we're mentioning here in real time. Just head over to thedigitallife.com, that's just one L in the digital life, and go to the page for this episode. We've included links to pretty much everything mentioned by everybody. So it's a rich information resource to take advantage of while you're listening or afterward if you're trying to remember something that you liked. You can find The Digital Life on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Player FM, and Google Play. And if you want to follow us outside of the show, you can follow me on Twitter at John Follett. That's J-O-N-F-O-L-L-E-T-T. And, of course, the whole show is brought to you by Involution Studios, which you can check out at GoInvo.com. That's G-O-I-N-V-O.com. Dirk? You can follow me on Twitter at DNemeyer. That's at D-K-N-E-M-E-Y-E-R. And thanks so much for listening. So that's it for episode 192 of The Digital Life. For Dirk Niemeyer, I'm John Follett, and we'll see you next time.